What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and site village things that people may find offensive. Selena, this is normally where tea comes in, so I'll give you the floor. Okay. As in introducing the show? No, well, usually oh, no, we have like a, a little comment. intro. Oh, like, it? you, 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 you nailed that one. One of those. Uh, yeah, sort of, but like <laughs> a little bit more bouncy. Um, We need tea back. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast. With your hosts, T, Cleves and Selena. Every week, bringing some much-needed balance and humour to brighten up what can sometimes be a dark, disabled world. Welcome back to the Seesaw Podcast. I've finally taken over from T on this, and I think this should be my part going forward. Are you going to do yes. a bit like the oh, coming CD case of podcasting or something like that? Or the... <laughs> Yeah. The broken eyes of oh he's here. He's here. He's here. Oh no. Quiet, quiet, quiet. What's that bitch? Hello. She's just turned up and we definitely, definitely weren't slagging you off. You absolutely <laughs> were, but I don't give a shit, frankly. Oh, you're wearing your hat hat. Yeah. I'm also wearing my hat hat, so this is lame. We're both <laughs> wearing hats indoors, Selena. I don't even know what hat is. What's a hat oh. hat? Hass is a, a Formula One team. Not a very oh, good one. Hass, right. Okay. okay. I'm with you now. He's just plugging in his headphones okay. again. Great, great podcasting. This. Yeah. <laughs> We've just done the intro. Seesaw, the missing presenter of podcasts. Really, you're just going to sit there and drink? <sighs> Come on, we're live. Let's That's go. We're live. All right, let's quickly run through what we're all wearing. We're both wearing hass hats, me and T. I've got this Grey Vans t-shirt on with a little dub on my left tit. And then on the back, it's got a skeleton with some side i guess and then black jeans t go jean shorts a blue baseball baseball t-shirt and and a red hat hat nice selena what pajamas you rocking i've got the sleepy pajamas on today is in from snow white and the seven dwarfs smart all right we need to get back onto site village people right t let's start with us (laughs) soon as you've just got back we're talking journeys what was it like getting to site village all I can say is National Express are dog shit. It, w- it was fine. The actual when we were actually on the coach was fine. But no one knew their ear from their arsehole. Got there on time. Told it was delayed. Coach then didn't show up at all. They said there was a problem trying to get us another coach. And by the time that was here, like the next bus had already arrived. And then uh, we got on that one instead. Yeah, I would like to shout out, there was a nice couple, and a lady particularly helped us around, not from National Express, just a random person, uh, and she was actually on the bus on the way there and on the way back, and she just gave us a little shout here and there, just be like, look, if you want to get on this bus, just follow me. Yeah. And then also when we were on the bus, she's like, there's two seats here that are free, and then on the way back, I went for a piss, and um, T just decides to get up out of the seat from where he was sat, so when I came back, he wasn't there, I'm like, where the fuck is he? And this same woman was like, oh, your friend's just gone over there. I'm like, Sick. But anyway, she was good egg. I liked her a lot. So 
Yeah. Massive love for her. She was good. That it also took us a while to find the travel lodge. There was a lot of roadworks. We found it eventually. The point is, as two blind people, yeah, we expected it to take longer, but we nailed it eventually. And the people in Travel Lodge, again, massive shout out. They could not have been more accommodating to two blind people. Yeah, they were really good. How did you get there, Selena? Well, I chose the easy option. <laughs> I had my sighted husband drive us. No problems getting there. Sat now. Took us to the, the car park that was advertised on the Sight Village website. Um, and it was a nice surprise because it was free blue badge parking. All right. And that leads us on to the first section of Sight Village. So between us, we all went around and spoke to everyone on the stands. Me and T took some video footage that will probably appear on various Twitter, Facebook streams in various guises. And also we put the audio files together for you now. So we went around and we spoke to a load of the vendors. And in this first section, we've got Vision Aid Technologies, Vocalize, who do vocal performances for people in like theatres and cinemas and things like that. And lastly, the Ultra Cane. should probably also point out here before we go into the segment that we were at the show. So the sound's going to be not as good as what we've got right here. But, you know, you've got the ambience of the show. We are here with Alison today from Visionary Technologies. Tell us a little bit about uh, about the company. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so Visionary Technologies was started back in 1996 by my late father, John Ellis. Sadly, he passed, to get, passed away 12 years ago now. Um, but we've grown to become one of the largest independent suppliers of assistive technology solutions from suppliers from all over the world. I think we've currently got the largest range of any one company of any other company in the world in terms of the number of different manufacturers that we work with. Because we're really passionate about helping people to find the best solution for their needs, wherever it might come from. And uh, you were talking about us earlier, just before we, uh, before we started recording, about the three areas that you're mainly serving. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So it's kind of split into the home sector. Um, that will generally be people with age-related macular degeneration, so um, sort of more elderly users, 80 years old and above. Then we've got the education sector, and that's really split between people in school age and then university age. DSA funding is available for that. And then there's people in work. Um, there's a great scheme there, the Access to Work scheme, to help people get funding for equipment, to help them to either get a job or to stay in their job if they, they suffer vision loss during their employment. In your experience with regards to access to work, do they pay out on a lot of the equipment that you're supplying? They do. Um, at the moment, there is a really big backlog. Some people are complaining sort of six months or more for, from access to work. But they do. Uh, depending on the size of the company that the employee works for, they can either pay 100% or so it's sort of a sliding scale, depending on the number of employees and the size of the organization they work for. But it's a really good scheme. With regards to that scheme, just... Is it, it's not to do with a uh, supply issue of the product, then it's more of a backlog in terms of admin and that sort of thing? It's the assessment, because everyone is individually assessed by an assessor, and then a long, detailed report has to be written. That's a bit where the um, time issue is coming from, I think, yeah, so, sadly. Do you want to tell us about a couple of the new products, then, that you've uh, brought to Site Village with you? Thank you, yeah, certainly, yeah. So, first one we've got is uh, it's a new Cloverbook. Uh, I didn't show you, actually. It's the Cloverbook XL, so it's a really nice, portable video magnifier system with distance viewing, close-up viewing, OCR, so it will text-to-speech on the whole page. You can add a second screen into it as well, so somebody in a business meeting or an education environment can see what's happening in the distance on one screen at the same time as making notes or looking at something close-up as well. All battery-powered, runs for sort of three to five hours on a single charge. There's hot solvable batteries on them as well. Um, really nice new solution from that, that sector. Then we've got, saying in education, we've got 
brand new product that's going to be released in about two months called the Coast. So this is the most portable distance viewing camera solution for students or business users that just need to help accessing their whiteboard or vector screen to see what's going on in the distance. It extends up, just connects via a single USB port to your computer, MacBook or, or Windows computer or Android tablet, and then gives you really good 4 megapixel quality live image from it, which is also stabilized the image as well. So really, really neat solution there. Uh, that's the coast. We've also on the other side got the new dot pad. So that's a 2400 pin refreshable braille display, which is designed really for tactile graphics. So education use, again, if you've got a maths course and you've got to look at graphs, geography course where you've got to look at reliefs or, or diagrams on things, really, really good. It completely changes the ability of people having to like, print out on swell paper and then feel from there. And they can just do it in real time directly on the device. Um, you were saying you could add like pin notes to it as well and things like that. Well, yeah, there's another device called the Tactonom, which is also new, which then has... It monitors your finger position on the tactile diagram and then it reads out loud poignant bits of information that have been programmed into it on the diagram. So it means for the first time somebody can feel a tactile diagram and not need somebody sat next to them actually describing to them what that diagram is. They can do it all independently with headphones and learn themselves. We've got the new Voxivision as well. That's a mobile phone-based OCR solution and magnifier, but it reads handwriting. Um, it reads barcodes instantly, so you can take it around the supermarket and just scan it like you're in a checkout. It reads them. It's got over 2 million items in this database. Yeah, that's just sort of the, the, a couple of the few interesting bits. So, yeah, lots of stuff. Nice. Thank you very much for your time. And if people want more information, where can they find you? Thank you. They can go to our website, so visionaid.co.uk. They can call us on free phone 0800 002 And we do completely free, no obligation demonstrations as well. So no charge whatsoever, completely no obligation. Somebody wants to try some of the kit out, see if it works for them at home, work or school. More than happy to come out. We have people that cover the whole of the UK. We're at Cyber Village today with Vocalize. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Hello there. Yes, so Vocalize, so we're a national charity. We provide audio description for the theatre, museums, galleries, and heritage sites. So making the arts accessible for blind and visually impaired people through audio description. Excellent. And do you actually have people work for you that do the audio description? We have freelancers that we work with all across the country. So we work with lots of different venues, either theatres, as I say, museums, and we have freelance describers who go in and put on a description live for people to actually go and enjoy a night out at the theatre. Nice. That must be quite a tough job because especially when well, everything's changing, isn't it? Even in museums. I know you've got like standard uh, exhibits, but then even when they keep changing, you have to keep going back and updating everything. Yes, we regularly update the information that's available on our website. Um, obviously, we have some pre-recorded audio described guides, which pretty much stay the same. And at the theatre, obviously, it's great we have the describers live there. So if anything happens during the performance that's unexpected, they're on hand ready to react and to, to fill you in on all the bits that you might miss out on because they're all very visual. Excellent. And is this cross-country, this um, service? Yes, yeah. We operate all across the UK. So lots of London, South East, but then, as I say, all across the UK as well. So up, we've done some work at the um, Edinburgh Festival and, yeah, all across the UK. Fantastic. And, uh, I mean, earlier on you took my email address so that I can know when those performances are coming up. If people want to get hold of you, where can they find you? Yeah, so our website, focalize.co.uk, is full of lots of information. Um, we send out a monthly email newsletter, which you can sign up to, and that gives a selection of what's coming up with audio description. As I say, all across the country, we have different sections for different regions. And we also send out a quarterly what's on guide, 
that can you can either have as a large print, braille, USB version, or again you can get it all on our website. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Brilliant, thank you. So why is it you're here at Site Release today? So we're here with the Ultrapane, which is an electronic mobility aid used by people who are blind or vision impaired. And it uses ultrasound to detect obstacles in your forward path and at chest and head path also. So if I'm the person using the cane, how does it work for me? Well, basically, if you've, if you've already had mobility training, mobility and orientation training, you'll be used to using a long white cane, in which case then you can start to use something like this, which detects obstacles well in advance of you actually walking into them. So this avoids, using this avoids all, all the obstacles that you would normally walk into and then move around. So basically, it's something like having an electronic guide dog. So it'll guide you around the obstacles without you having to actually walk into them, which is a huge benefit for any blind and visually impaired person. How does, how does that person using the cane know that the obstacle's there? Because as they're using it, they've got their thumb positioned over both the tactile buttons. The ultra cane has two sensors, as I've already mentioned, and they will send out ultrasound. And as the ultrasound detects the obstacle in, ahead of them, the echo from the obstacle bounces back into the ultracane and causes the buttons to vibrate. The nearer they are to the obstacle, the more the, the buttons will vibrate. And basically, the ultracane will start detecting it two meters away. And at that point, you'll just feel a gentle vibration under your thumb. The nearer you get to it, the more it vibrates. But the whole point of the ultracane is, as soon as you feel the slight vibration at two meters away, you then have to start thinking about a way to get around the obstacle and you do that by sweeping the cane to the right or to the left of the obstacle until you don't feel any vibration and then you know you have a clear path. When I was using it just then, obviously I was used to using a normal cane and we spoke briefly about uh, you offering training for the ultra cane. Yes. How does that how does that work basically? Do you come out, is that part of when you get the cane? It's, no, it's part sometimes, of the no, not, not everybody knows whether they want to have an ultra cane or not. It's not for everyone, just like a guide dog is not for everyone. So what we tend to do is we, we will come out and do a demonstration with somebody. So we will walk on their route with them. So it's a route that they know very well, that they use their normal cane on. And then we'll show them the difference of using the ultra cane as opposed to a normal white cane. And we walk the same route with them. And then on the way back, we then alternate the, the route. And we look for things like overhanging trees or brambles sticking out of hedges or posts, bollards, bus stations, bus stops. Anything that we can find as an obstacle, we will then walk around that obstacle or walk towards those obstacles with the user of the ultracane to show them the different techniques that they can use to actually avoid it rather than walking up to it. Excellent. Um, what would be the sort of costs involved if we wanted to get one? So an ultracane, the cost of an ultracane is £540. The training is absolutely free, so you don't have to pay for us to come out and give you some training. And also, we service the ultra canes and repair them for the life of the ultra cane. So, if you have a problem with an ultra cane that you've purchased, or if you want it servicing, then you just send it back to us, and we will repair it free of charge. We will service it free of charge because we know our product now, and we want to make sure that everybody benefits from it. We don't want them thinking they've got to shove it in a cupboard out of the way if it's not working as it should do for whatever reason. So, you know, anybody, anybody, any customer that that has bought them in the past. They know to send it back to us and we will look after it for them and make sure it's working as it should be. Fantastic. And if uh, people want to get hold of you or want more information about Ultracane, where can they find you? They can find us on our website, which is ultracane.com, or they can give us a, a telephone call on 07496-522033. And we're based in North Yorkshire, and these are all made here in the UK, up in North Yorkshire, where we're based. That's great. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.
Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. And we are back. So let's just say we all got to Site Village. How did everyone literally find it but figuratively find the event in terms of you know the actual where it was hosted what was going on all that kind of stuff you go first because i've been before but albeit quite a long time ago what were your first thoughts we went for the two days and then very quickly realized at the end of the first day slash beginning of the second day we probably could smash this out in a day yeah it would have been a long day but we could have done it in terms of the actual venue, I didn't mind the venue. I thought it was relatively easy to get around. One thing that I did find quite weird, as a, as a visually impaired person, the backdrops of the stands, like all the boards that you have at the back, the exhibition boards, a lot of them weren't very easily readable for no. someone with a visual impairment. I appreciate that people like different things on different backgrounds and stuff like that, but a lot of them didn't really stand out that much. A lot of them were a bit bland. Well, some of them were great, like Vision Aid, great. I could see that from a mile away. But you're right, like even things like Ultra Kane, who we just heard from, it was like Ultra Kane, little logo, and then it's like five paragraphs of what it is. And like that's in like point fourteen, point sixteen. Like that's firstly too much for a poster. You don't need all that information. I was like, no one's reading that. It's tiny. Other than <laughs> that, the all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what sort of, what what did you find about it, Celia? I don't know. Um, it is this was a new venue for Site Village this year, um, so it was the first time that they were using the East Side rooms. I, I said I've not been for a very long time, but I found it a lot smaller spatially. Whether it was or not remains to be seen. Just it felt smaller. I felt like they needed more going on. There's definitely been more going on in previous years with demo dogs from guide dogs and uh, my friend was telling me about some audio shooting you could do before and i think like i don't think british blind sport were even there this year no, you know that's one of the main charities i know global uk were but they just needed a bit more interaction like interactive things to do it was very just going round stand to stand there were seminars you could attend but it just i felt like it it's got so much more potential it could have been better than what it was i did feel like some of the aisles were a bit closer together than others i mean the stands were as you would expect from an exhibition they're quite close together but sometimes you would walk past one accidentally if there was like two small stands together again probably down to the presentation of the people that were at the stand with their boards not standing out i'd argue that's on them a little bit but yeah i agree i was expecting a bit more interaction in terms of things to do guide dogs what a rip I mean, there yeah. wasn't, there wasn't, was there even a guide dog there? They were all about that kids thing this year, which fair enough. I, I appreciate they offer a lot of services for kids, but where's the, where's the guide dogs to pet? Well, there were loads of guide dogs there, but they were actual people's guide dogs. <laughs> yeah. like, guide dogs yeah. were the ones who didn't bring guide dogs, ironically. Well, in that case, let's hear from some of the vendors. 
coming up now, we're going to hear from Look. Obviously, we've mentioned about them a lot on the show before because I'm a mentor for them and we've had a couple of mentors as guests, Naki and Ellie. Also got Starboard Hotels who have bought out RNIB hotels. Um, so they have a couple of hotels, one in Windermere, I think, one in Tynmouth, um, visually impaired friendly. And finally, we've got Access to Work Solutions, who will help you with your access to work troubles. Here they are. So we're here at Site Village and we're here with Ruth from Look. Uh, if you start to tell us a little bit about Look. Okay, yeah, so Look is a small national charity supporting children and young people and their families. Um, and all the families involved with Look have got a child with a visual impairment. Sometimes one of the parents or both the parents do as well. It sort of varies from family to family. Um, and the our big service that we offer, the main main service at Look, is the Peer Mentor Project. Um, and we've got an amazing team of peer mentors. They're all aged over 18. They've all got lived experience of visual impairment themselves. And they come from a real range of backgrounds, whether it's working, studying, volunteering. And they represent a real spectrum of visual impairment within the mentor team. And then we connect them with young people aged 11 to 3 to 29 um, for one-to-one peer mentor support. That's our biggest service. And then we've also got a parent support group and they meet on Zoom usually twice a month. And it was Tuesdays, it's moving to Mondays. And one session a month will be quite open chat session. One session will be more designated guest speakers on a particular theme topic. So it'll be kind of tackling issues that we're finding really kind of relevant with the young people and with the families we work with. And when people become a mentor, how does that process work? Is there training involved? Or? Yeah, so there's quite a big application form, which I know is a bit of a like uh, a debated topic in the volunteering world. But we find that the, the application form really kind of helps us get to know on paper what that individual is all about, what their background is. And it helps kind of us capture that information from the get-go. And they've committed to doing that application form, which is also really helpful because we know that they're ready to you know, write and communicate with us about themselves and then we have a training program for the mentors typically it's a residential during covid we transferred that to an online series of workshops for the mentor training but we're back to -to face-to-face training for the bulk of it and typically it's a weekend away and we have a lot of fun as well as doing the content about the communication skills like the project rules how the project works keeping it safe for everybody involved those are the big big areas that we look at in mental training. So once you've been through this training process, how are you then matched with a, a mentee, I suppose? Yeah, so we have a um, programme of we intake new mentees into typically in groups of young people a few times during the year on the main mentor project. And um, and we're just starting a student mentor project as well for young people preparing to go to university or in their first year at university. And that will have the same like a similar kind of cohort system for young people coming through the project and the staff team really get to know the young people whether it's on either project we really get to know them learning about their vi their experience in education their hopes for their future maybe like goals that they want to work on with a mentor and their hobbies and then we try and match them to a mentor that's got relevant lived experience of a similar kind of vi even if it's not quite the same and relevant hobbies or skill set for that young person so we try and get a match that's kind of a combination of all of those factors sometimes there's one very overpowering reason why that mentor is matched to that mentee but yeah we, we, we try and kind of go for a whole person approach basically and do they sort of meet up or is it over online yeah it's, it? yeah, it's online we'd love to do more face-to-face so we have a secure messaging system so personal contact information isn't shared and they message through a portal so it's super duper safe 
and we're on hand if there's any well-being or safeguarding needs. I mean, Zoom a lot, but yes. face-to-face opportunities with look um, are in our workshops and events. But we'd like to kind of bring out more. And um, we're always trying to explore ways of having mentoring face-to-face. How we do that is like a topic for, for the next level of what, what we do next at Look, basically. And so if someone wants to get involved with the scheme or they like any more information, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. So if you go to our website and there's different tabs on the Look website, which is look-uk.org. There's a mentoring tab and you can read lots of different information about some bios of some of the mentors and testimonials. But there's also, oh, I'm interested. There's a click through button on that or just emailing info at look-uk.org. Telling us what you're interested in, we'll find it. Please, can you tell us what you're doing here at Cyclist today? Certainly. We're from Starboard Hotels. and We have two of our hotels that we've purchased from the RNIB about five years ago. Um, One is the Windermere Manor in Windermere, and the other one is the Clifton down in Tynmouth. And we organise holidays and breaks for the uh, VI market. And you say you've just been doing some upgrades recently in the hotels as well? We have, yeah. We've spent quite a lot of money on our um, lounges, bar and restaurant in Windermere. We're currently having a huge refurbishment of our pool down in um, Tynmouth, uh, which should be open by the end of August. And um, some refurbishment on that hotel as well. And if you're a person that's visually impaired and looking to travel and want to stay at one of these hotels, what sort of adaptations maybe could they expect that they might not find at a normal hotel? Well, because we bought them from the RNIB, we uh, promised that we would keep them for our VI market. So they are completely set up, for, um, completely accessible for anybody with any visual impairment, completely set up for guide dogs. We provide all of the baskets, beds, food for dogs so that if people are coming by public transport, they don't have to bring all that with them. So we are very much set up for the VI market. And you said you were looking at organising some trips potentially as well. Yeah, we're doing three separate week holidays across the next few months. And that will be a five-night break. And it will also include trips out on both days. And we'll have some VI volunteers to organise walks, etc. And to support the um, clients uh, on the day trips. And is that to both hotels? Or yeah, is that... at both hotels. Oh, fantastic. And if anyone wants to get in touch or wants to get on one of these holidays, how would they find you? So they can go online, Starboard Hotels, um, or they can contact both of the hotels directly, either way. Okay, we're here with Access to Work Solutions at Site Village. Colin, how are you doing? How's it, what's it like being at Site Village? It's very good. I'm very surprised at how busy it is today. And you've been, well, you've got quite massive knowledge with, uh, with regards to Access to Work. How long have you been sort of with this organisation? So I set up ATW Solutions in 2015 we didn't really start operating until late in 2018 and we've been running as as a business since since then so this is like sort of your baby effectively then how um how did you want to get into this i'd worked for a number of charitable organizations for many many years doing similar things and the last organization I work for I was the access to work manager for them but I felt that the philosophies that they had didn't quite meet my expectations and what I felt we should be delivering for disabled people hence I set up my own company ATW Solutions. What were some of those issues that people were facing? The issues were more to do with the fact that the primary 
objective of the organization I was working with then was they were specializing on people with learning disability as opposed to people living with sight loss. Okay. And although I explained to them that, you know, there is a lot of people out there with sight loss that needed our support, they failed to recognize and give me the backing to grow the business. So you start ATW Solutions. How does this aim to help people with sight loss? So I, I believe that ATW Solutions can, can help people with sight loss that are currently in work or looking for work or, you know, for those that are newly diagnosed within work, it can help retain them. What we can do is we can help that individual be successful with their application to access to work to draw down the funding, which allows them to bring in additional equipment and aids and have a support worker to help them achieve the tasks within their workplace that ordinarily they wouldn't be able to achieve. Awesome. And, and with regards to things like, um, like payments, for example, if someone, I don't know, they take, a, they take a taxi to work and it's taking forever for access to work to pay them back out for those expenses, can you help on that side of things as well? We can't help fiscally in as much, but there are a number of suggestions that I can make for individuals to minimize the burden of laying out huge amounts of money whilst they're waiting for access to work to reimburse them. And just lastly then, before um, we top off, if someone wants to, to use the service, whereabouts can they find you? Okay, so first and foremost, people can find us online at www.atwsolutions.co.uk we also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page, and the links to those um, to that social media is on our website. Alternatively, you can call us on zero two zero three eight three eight five zero six three. And we're back. Yeah, really interesting. There, I think my biggest takeaway from all those three was access to work. If you are listening to this, and I hope you are. If there has to be an organization that's purposely made to deal with the fact that your systems are shit, maybe you should be fixing your systems. Uh, they do good work, but if you're, if access to work actually was what it was supposed to be, there would be no reason for AT Dub solution. That's true. Also, I'd like to point out for look, not only is Selena a member, and we've had members on the show, you signed up, and I signed up. Okay. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Welcome, welcome to the Look podcast, <laughs> including Look. <laughs> we are in no way are associated with Look, just no. in case they want to yeah. remove all yeah. traces of being around us. <laughs> I would. Right. That is it for part one of this Site Village special. We are going to roll it into next week, where again, we've got more people from the exhibition, and we're going to say a little bit more about what went down there. See you. Uh, Later, alligator. Thank you for listening to Seesaw Podcast. Your feedback and comments mean a lot to us, so if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in the following ways. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, 
Instagram and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. And you can also join us at SeesawPodcast.com. Remember to like, rate, review and share with a friend. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.